Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the podcast, Lessons in Savvy Living. And the purpose of the podcast is to have a place and have a space where we can all connect and support and inspire each other. So we're doing that through real women telling real stories and sharing real lessons. And today I have a wonderful guest who I met, I guess, maybe about four years ago. And let me tell you, there's only a couple things that I remember because you remember you, you meet people and then because we're in the online space so much, you're like, well, gosh, where did I meet this person? How do I know this person? The one thing I remember is J-O-H-A-N-N-A. I know it's not Joanna. Johanna, I remember her name is pronounced uh, a little bit differently than it's traditionally pronounced. I remember that. And I also remember that she was just hilarious. That's what I remember. I was like, boy, this woman was kind of a barrel of laughs. I remember that piece. Um, And then I also remember that she had a lots of different interests and that sort of thing. So when she reached out to me and said, hey, I want to come and talk on the podcast. I think my story can help some people. I said, ah, yes, please. I would love to have you on the podcast. So, Johanna, question. First question is this. What are three things that people should know about you? Let's see. Three things that people should know about me. A, I am a big kid. I love all animated movies. Uh, I can't say I'm like gung-ho on the new Disney Onward movie, even though it's now on Disney Plus. I haven't jumped at the, I haven't jumped at the bit to watch it. I've heard mixed reviews, but I pretty much love all kids' movies, all animated movies. Okay. And a friend of mine says, because, and kids flock to me. And my girlfriend says, that's because you are a big kid. They recognize that. Okay. So, uh, so I love all things animated. I am a huge Star Wars fan. Uh, may the Force be with you. Yeah. I attribute that to my parents who took me to see Star Wars as a baby. And my youngest sister loves to tell me the story, and she wasn't even a uh, wasn't even around, wasn't even a thought. But my parents have told the story so many times about me crying in the movies that it's just like a running joke in the family. So, oh gosh, huge Star Wars fan. And another thing that you should know about me is that I love to travel. I don't know where this has come from, but probably in the last four or five years, um, and it was after my first passport passport expired, I actually didn't get a stamp until the second passport, and after that, I've just been on a mission to acquire more stamps. I just feel like there's a whole world out there, and I've gotten to see just like a very small piece of it, and... I'm just like, I want to see all of it. I want, and of course, you know, we can't go nowhere right now. And it's crazy, you know, flights are cheap, gas is cheap, and we can't go nowhere. So I'm like chomping at the bit for whenever we get that, uh, we get our emancipation letter. (laughs) Yes. It's like, uh, dude, I'm going to start, give us free. When they say we free, I'm going to be like, eh, 
Yes, I, I, I can't imagine what it's going to be like. First of all, the run on all of the hair supply stores, all the beauty parlors, the nail shops, it's going to be crazy. And then, um, because I also, I, I like to travel, I like to cruise, and so Carnival sending me like, free cruise, all you have to, and I'm like, Lord, I love, I love a good bargain, but I'm not quite sure yet. Not yet, Carnival. Not yet. Really, Carnival's really pushing it. They send emails every day about what's the last email I got from Carnival talking about a hundred dollar on bar credit, and I'm like, Carnival, you know, ain't nobody booking no cruise right now. <laughs> but I, I see you, I see you, but you know, ain't nobody booking no cruise right now with y'all. But keep them coming. That's keep right. Them. Okay. Right. You might you gonna convince me maybe at some point. Whenever you we finally start to see a light in the tunnel with COVID nineteen, we might start to think about a cruise. Maybe. 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 All right. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. So it's so funny because we're talking about cruising. We're talking about traveling. We're talking about COVID and we are having a great time. The topic today, though, that I want to, to dive into is depression. Okay. And it's interesting because one thing that a lot of people don't know about me is that I've also struggled with depression for many years. Mm -hmm. um, that's going to be news to a lot of people. So there you go. Here you are. Um, but I think it's fair since you are coming on and sharing your story that a lot of us kind of come out and, and also kind of share that we've had this common, um, common challenge. Mm -hmm. And I think what's happening with COVID-19 and with the isolation and the quarantine, it is bringing up a lot for a lot of people so yes. i really i appreciate you agreeing to come and talk and it's it's interesting and it's kind of really um it's interesting that i'm a person who likes to laugh and i'm always the jokester and that sort of thing and i always see you as that type of person as well it's almost hard to believe for a lot of people like oh you you struggle with depression like mm, yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So th the topic today is coping with depression. So what is your story around that topic? Um, I suffer from actually um, anxiety and depression. So it kind of goes back to about 2013. I remember I was working at Verizon at the time. And I was known for taking breaks. You know, we uh, I was kind of in a call center where you log in, work tickets, phone calls, da 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 da. da. The system would tell you when it was breaks, when it was lunch. When my breaks came up, I was out. 15 minutes on my phone, I'm outside. I was used as an illustration during team meetings. Johanna takes breaks, you should take them. And I'm like, this is absolutely correct. Because we sit at the computer for eight hours. When that 15 minutes, I'm out, I'll be outside, look for me. Even if it was raining, I'd be outside because it was just a break in the monotony. So it was one day um, on, a, on a break, I can't remember if it was morning or afternoon, I just had a rush of emotions hit me all of a sudden, and I just got really, really sad. And I knew this was not normal. And I can't say anything particularly triggered it, but I knew this was not a normal feeling. And I knew the company had the, uh, what is it? Um, 
employee the EAP, EAP program. So I knew that I needed to look into that. So based on that one occurrence, I um, looked into the EAP program, contacted them, and they told me about how you can reach out for um, mental health assistance. And with the EAP program, you get five free sessions, and then after that, you pay whatever the copay is. So from then, uh, and my whole thing was looking for a mental health uh, uh, provider, I really was interested in having someone of African-American ancestry. Um, it could have been female or male. And so that itself was not an easy process of finding. Um, technology has changed. Resources have changed. I can tell you exactly how to do it now. But back then, you had to really kind of sift through because on the EAP website, I think it would go through the provider and then you're trying to sift, trying to see, and then you almost need to Google to kind of match it up. And I eventually linked up with a provider who was African-American, who was female, and I would start to see her. And we would have sessions and we would just talk about stuff. And what I didn't realize, there were things in my past that I hadn't processed through. And one of the things that we determined based on my level of depression was when I would have episodes that just could be spawned by anything, one of the things that one of my coping mechanisms is um, comedy. Anything that would get me to take my mind off of that sadness, that's my coping mechanism. So if I felt like, if I felt like a darkness, a dark cloud was coming over me, I know I need to turn on the TV. I need to go to Netflix. I need to go watch The Minions. I need to go watch Mr. Incredible. I need to go watch something that's going to make me laugh. So comedy allows me to change that negative headspace that I'm in. It gets me out of my head. I get into watching something comical. And once I start laughing, uh, what's the word, endorphins kick in, and I'm just in a much more positive headspace. So that is one of my coping mechanisms. Another coping mechanism is I journal. Uh, whatever these thoughts are, because sometimes there are certain triggers. Like I could just be watching a TV show. I could see something that makes me think of something in the past that could be a trigger. And I tend to kind of journal about those triggers because just, <clears throat> excuse me, writing down your thoughts, I think can kind of help you. And so that's another coping mechanism that I do. Um, journaling, comedy, and probably the top of that list is music because I'm a huge, and that's probably one of the things I should have listed that should know about me, huge music person. And I love all kinds of music, but I think the best kind of music that kind of helps us, and I'm kind of doing that now with the COVID-19, any music that you can just like sing along that just has high energy, it can be whatever type of song that whatever it is. And I love that, you know, because we're in this whole quarantine situation on Instagram and Facebook, a lot of DJs have turned into club quarantine and they have these parties all night long. And I guess it's a good thing that we quarantine. We ain't got to go nowhere because I'm like, who is partying at 1 a.m.? I got to go to work the next day. <laughs> right. 
weekend. And so that kind of helps. Um, and I know, I think it was last weekend, I think D-Nice was doing, no, um, my alma mater, Tennessee State University, last weekend would have been our Legends weekend because of COVID-19, it didn't happen. So a lot of DJs from the school have got together and they were doing this like virtual happy hour. And it was so good. So I had to plan on my Apple TV streaming, jamming. I had the windows open. And I saw one of my neighbors pass by, and they were like, what is happening? I was in like, ah. <laughs> You are. That just, I know from for myself, it just lifted my spirits just to have that energy from that music. And I think that's a big helper for anybody right now, because you got to find some way to kind of increase your energy right now, because, you know, the isolation can kind of get to you. So you have to find ways of how you can help your mental health. Right Absolutely. Now. Yeah, so, so little things you got to do. Well, let me go back a little bit okay. to 2013 when you had that, that first, was that your first experience that you were kind of felt like, ah, something is really going on here. Something. Yeah, that first, yeah, that was the first time I truly identified that something wasn't going, something wasn't right. And I may have had, maybe small little small little things previously that I didn't re- small triggers that I wasn't even aware but this was like a huge wave of emotion that hit and I knew and I also just started crying out of nowhere and I'm like oh, this, doesn't, this doesn't seem normal so that was really my first major indicator that something was not right okay so so you've been battling this since then yes and and so you talked about several things that have helped you cope you talked about music you've talked about journaling you've talked about comedy and have you also kind of in a parallel track continued a relationship with a, a therapist or a counselor now that particular counselor i stopped seeing that counselor and i think it was due to financial reasons yeah i do believe it was due to financial reasons and a couple of yeah i want to say probably in the last two years yeah last two years um during that time when i was unemployed my mental health yeah was impacted but i knew i didn't and also didn't have insurance so I did not opt to look for a medical, a mental, uh, uh, mental health provider. And so I just didn't do it. But once I became employed, once I got insurance, I kind of knew that I probably needed to get back into the routine of seeing someone. So I want to say uh, probably about 2019, yeah, 2018, 20, later 2018, 2019, I got involved with the EAP program and my current employer and this way and i be still with the process of trying to find an african-american provider was still a little bit not easy and so i was looking at the providers based on my insurance mm-hmm. and looking at through there and then trying to see who was closer to me it was still like looking for a needle in a haystack within one of the mental providers that i talked to they gave me the best advice they told me to go to psychology today Okay. And then you can filter based on your insurance. You can filter based on 
you know, if you're looking for ethnicity, things of that nature. I want to say it was psychology today or black psychology today, but it was very specific to help me look for a mental health provider of African-American uh, ancestry. And based on that, I was able to find a provider who I'm still seeing, who actually just reached out because um, she had stopped um, having, uh, she had stopped, kind of closed her business um, this is pre-COVID. She was dealing with some health issues. And she reached out the other day and it was like kismet. I was like, oh my God, I need to have a session because I'm like, this isolation is getting to me. I was like, are you doing telehealth? And she's like, yeah. I was like, get me in ASAP. So I've been seeing her probably a year or so now. And I have a specific journal that I take with her for when we have our sessions and we're talking about stuff and she gives me homework and stuff. And based on seeing that provider, and she's more like a social worker, she also recommended, based on her diagnosis of my anxiety and depression, she recommended, uh, suggested would I be open to pain management, pain medicine to help with um, my mental illness. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm open to it. You know, I'm not again, I'll try anything once to see if it will help. And so she referred me to another um, practice and there is a network of mental health care providers and so I actually see two therapists one for talk therapy one for pain management and actually my second therapist we just had a uh, very first telehealth uh, appointment where kind of like this where we were doing a video conference and we were just talking through you know I was telling her I can tell that my mental health is being impacted by COVID-19 with the isolation, particularly being at home and I'm working from home 100% and you only see nobody unless I see people walking and sometimes these four walls be starting to talk to me and then I've gotten into the pattern of getting out prior to logging in for work, going for a walk, yeah. going for a walk on my lunch break and I noticed that that has really getting some exercise in it's kind of helped to break up the monotony and it has just increased my energy level. Now I'm telling I've been baking everything under the sun. <laughs> uh, I'm really needing this thing to end because I feel like I probably not gained about 20 or 50 pounds. Cause I, I hear you. Cookies and scones and cooking everything under the sun. Mm -hmm. So, But we were just talking and she was saying that's good because that's just kind of helping, you know, helping with the mental health with the exercise and getting outside and getting fresh air and even with the baking, she was saying these are all good mechanisms to kind of help with, you know, with things. So let me ask you a question. You said pain management? Right. Okay. So, it, so it's some type of medication that is yeah, medicine. medicine. So, okay, so yeah. not not your typical or um, kind of antidepressants or anything like that, but it's a combination. There is um, what's the one? Cymbalta. Uh, so it's a combination. Uh, we started off with just the Cymbalta, and there were some times where my anxiety was starting. I could tell um, one of the main uh, causes of my anxiety is my job. Um, and it's different. I came into this, um, job. It's a totally different, uh, feel than, cause I came from 
the world of telecommunications for like 17 years. And so this, I mean, clinical research, totally different field. Even when a recruiter reached out to me on LinkedIn, I was like, am I being punk? Because this ain't got nothing to do with what I went to school for. And so came into it, you know, really uh, on a major learning curve. And it's just, it is a lot with the job. And so for the first probably year, it caused me a lot of stress. Right. And that's, that is probably the reason why I started going back to seeing, trying to find a mental health provider. Cause I could feel things. I never had a job where I was like thinking about work in the middle of the night. And I'm like, right. what? what is this? Mm-hmm. And since then, probably because I'm getting ready to be two years into it, I've learned to close it out. Right. When I'm done, I'm done. I don't think about it. I've learned to compartmentalize, but it was a process. But then this whole working from home, and me and my brother were talking about it, we feel like we work more now than when we were going into the office. A lot of us do. A lot of us do. So, I, I mean, it's really interesting to hear kind of your story and to hear that things started a few years ago. You kind of... And, and what I think a lot of people go through when they have, um, when, when they're dealing with their mental health is it's not just a straight line. So like you might be with the therapist now and then you kind of fall off and then you're like, okay. And then, and then medication might be something that you try and then you're going to, so it's not, it's not necessarily linear. And so I, I think that if, people hear anything from this particular episode i want them to know first of all uh, i guess is it psycho- maybe psychology today could be a good starting point if yes, you need to talk absolutely. to someone yeah. i would say plug into the resources that you have or you um, may have had and not really kind of um reached out to so a lot of people have the eap benefits and they've right. never really even thought about it Um, but now if you have access to that then think about talking to someone the telemedicine Mm -hmm. uh, is real and a lot of providers have had to go to to telemedicine and even if it's not something that you would like I don't like that that's not ideal but look there's a lot of people who are doing things that they wouldn't think that they would be doing. This is where we are right now. You just, we're in this temporary new normal where you had to make an adjustment. Like I was telling you, like I just attended church and my dad was saying, you know, this is something we've never experienced before. And we just had, we have to learn to adjust. Like we, you know, for most people, you used to go into a church. Yes. You can't go to, and I, we ain't like them silly churches. Where was it? Florida or Texas or whatever. They still said, oh, we should still gather. We all looking at y'all and the whole church going to be sick. I don't even understand that. But, you know, I, I enjoy that we are learning to adapt to having church stream. You will learn to adapt to working from home. The kids and Working from home and having the kids home. Bless the folks who got the kids at home and they work from home. Uh, they they the real MVPs because I don't know, man. I'm <laughs> yeah, it it's tough. It's tough, and then this era of that we're in of COVID, I'm. I, there has to be something good that comes out of it. I, I you have to believe that other, uh, you know, otherwise you would really be really sad and in a, in a dark place. But I think that one thing that we have to kind of keep in mind 
is that as we deal with this situation now, we have to kind of try to stay a couple of steps ahead because you and I were talking before this, my fear is that six months from now when the world reopens, we have a lot of unprocessed trauma that we are not dealing with. So mm -hmm. that's another reason why I wanted to kind of have this, this episode. And I'm, I'm so happy that you agreed to share your story because I think that a, a lot of us, especially as black women, especially as um, professionals, we, we are the ones in the workplace, we're the leaders, we're doing, we're moving, we're shaking. And then when it's time to take care of ourselves, we kind of put that on the back burner. We're like, okay, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. And right. a lot of us are feeling guilty because we don't feel like doing all of this achievement because we have this, all this extra time. How yeah. about let's just process the fact that there is a global pandemic. How about that? Yeah. So I, I, I'm glad and I really appreciate you coming in and sharing your story and, and the lessons that you've, you have kind of learned um, through dealing with this in, in your life. And I guess my, my question would be, if there's one lesson that you want to share with uh, the audience, what's the a lesson that you would like to share as a result of kind of what your, your experience? I would say um, a takeaway would be to knowing that you need help and going to get help and knowing that there are resources, there are bountiful, plentiful resources that you can use. And also reach out to friends and family because you never know how they will help you. You, you And I think in the African-American community, mental health has been such a stereotypical taboo that we don't want to talk about it. Because I remember being out with some friends, oh gosh, it was like years ago, and it literally was a couple months ago, pre-COVID. And we were just talking about, I don't know, we were talking about anything. And I am not, I'm not, it's not, I'm, I'm not a very open person about my mental health. I, I'm just not. And it's not about being afraid of it. It's just not something that I really share. But depending on who I'm talking to and depending on what's going on, I may share it. And in that particular uh, venue, I, I shared it. I was like, I see two therapists. And because I think we got to talking about therapy or however we got to talking about it. And I was like, I see two therapists. And people were like, well, why are you seeing two? I was like, one is my talk therapist. And the second one is my therapist who talks, who has prescribed the pain regimen, the medicine regimen. And they were like, well, why can't I say, well, my talk therapist is not certified a license for that. That's why she referred me to someone who is. And the second therapist, we sit and talk because we get to know each other. They have their list of questions, but she is certified to diagnose the mental disorder and also to prescribe a regimen of medicine. And I recall a friend of mine reaching out to me way uh, later on that day, and she was like, I would have never known that you are suffering because you always seem to be on the go. And da, 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 da. I was like, just because you see me traveling doesn't mean that inside there are things happening. I said, you never know what a person 
you can see a person and they look like they got the world on their shoulders, but you have absolutely no idea what they're dealing with on the inside. We all, I feel like we all, we all got our own things that are going on. And I feel like a lot of us probably have a lot more undiagnosed mental health issues. And it's because we feel there's a fearfulness of wanting to admit it, wanting to get help. But I feel getting help could be the, could be the number one thing that could save your life. Because suffering in silence is not going to help you. It's not going to help your family. So if you know that something is not feeling right, particularly now with COVID-19, I know everybody's mental health is not help, is not happy right now. I got tension sitting on my neck right now that I wish I could go to Massage Envy because that's one of my self-care. That's one of my, that's just one of those ways that I help to de-stress. And you can't go get a massage right now because they're not considered essential. And so that's one of the things is another um, takeaway is self-care. Self-care helps and it helps to just lighten your mood. It helps to take the stress away, which would help with your mental health. So whatever you choose to do, if it's taking a spa day, if it's going to the beach, going to the park, going for a walk, going for a bike ride, uh, lighting candles and a hot Epsom salt bath, self-care, we need to do it. It's even more important to do it now while we're in this isolation stage, whatever you can do. I know uh, I probably have uh, increased my alcohol intake and going to need a meeting real soon. Girl. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast episode that I could. Yes, we, we, that is, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. That's just where most of the world is, and I find it funny. And I've been saying that with a lot of friends. You know, when they listed when we've been in this shelter at home, stay at home order, and they list the exceptions in the essential businesses, and the alcohol liquor store is on there and people are like is that essential i'm like you best believe if we didn't have it you would see way more issues happening right now so i totally get why <laughs> but my thing is why can't the massage be essential but i understand why the massage can't be essential because of the social distancing but right. that's because that helps me decompress and de-stress so Right. So I, I I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. It's very interesting in this current climate, kind of what's considered essential and what's not considered essential. And we're joking about it, but um, there are a lot of people who will um, (laughs) have to emerge from this thing. They're going to have to start. First step is they're going to have to take us to a meeting, an in-person meeting. Because there is a lot of stuff that's happening, a lot of drinking. Um, I hear people, if you're a smoker, you probably, you know, it's something to help pass the time. So, but I'm glad that what I had to pass the time was to have a wonderful guest like you. And I'm I'm so happy that you agreed to share your story. Um, People won't believe you when you say that you're not open about what you've been through because you have talked about it like a champ today. And, and it's like, yeah, I guess that you, you talk about it every day, but I do recognize and realize and appreciate the fact that you opened up to us in this, um, in this format on this platform. So if, if people want to contact you, um, where could they find you? Where in the world would they reach out to you? 
Well, of course, I'm on Facebook, so they can reach out to me on Facebook, Johanna Outlaw. Um, also, I'm on Instagram. I want to say, yeah, go by the same, yeah, Johanna Outlaw on Instagram. And uh, email, johanna.outlaw at gmail.com. I can't say the website because that website is no longer in existence. But uh, there's a blog somewhere. Uh, I can't think with the blog. I had like blog spot way before I had the other website, but Johanna's Healthy, I can't remember what. It's like a long... They'll find you. Facebook is usually the first place, right? Yeah, but if you Google me, if you know, all my stuff pops up. So yeah, you, yeah, you can find me. I'm out, I'm out there on the internet, so yeah. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you, Johanna, taking the time and sharing so much of your heart and so much of your story with with me and with my audience. So um, I I want to say again, I don't know, I just want, can't thank you enough because this is something that we keep in the shadows. Yeah. Those of us who are um, battling with mental health challenges, um, it, there's embarrassment, especially in certain communities, in the Black community especially. Right. So I really appreciate in, you you sharing that with us. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the episode and say, everybody, thank you so much for watching, for listening. And until next time, stay savvy. Thank you. Bye.